If you're brand new to business, this episode's for you. If you are a seasoned veteran, this episode could still be for you too. If you are like, I don't own a business, but you know, I could use some part-time work. Listen to this episode. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Small Minded Podcast. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and today's episode is something I'm really fired up to talk about. I'm so excited for this topic because it's one that I feel I've been getting questions about more and more frequently. And in fact, I just had a conversation with a friend yesterday who owns a small business, and she was asking for some advice and insights into this exact topic. Today, we are talking about help. Those of you who are operating small businesses in small towns and you know that it's time to bring somebody else on. So we're going to talk about the different capacities you can add people to your team today, whether you are looking for someone in a full-time capacity or whether you just need someone a few hours a month to help you sort out things and get a handle on where you're at. If you're brand new to business, this episode's for you. If you are a seasoned veteran, this episode could still be for you too. If you are like, I don't own a business, but you know, I could use some part-time work. Listen to this episode because we're going to talk about things that could apply to you too. Sit tight, get comfy, and we're going to hop into this very special topic in just a sec. Let Forge welcome you home. Eastern Iowa is the quintessential Midwest way of life, where commutes can be counted in minutes, cornfields roll into historic main streets and bustling metros, and hard work and family values are valued above all else. The people at Forge love this lifestyle, and they're here to help our communities in Eastern Iowa thrive. Forge, Inc., based in Anamosa, Iowa, is the residential and commercial real estate developer who can help you design what you're looking for in your next home or commercial space. Because they value the Midwestern way of life, they are committed to providing a high-touch, personalized experience as you work with their team to turn your next home or office dreams into reality. They provide the simple, flexible, easy building and design experience that you value alongside a team of professionals with nearly two decades in the industry. If you're looking to make Eastern Iowa the location of your next residential or commercial property, let the people of Forge, Inc. be the ones to welcome you home. You can find them on Facebook at Forge, Iowa. That's at F-O-R-G-E-I-O-W-A on Facebook. Okay, so if you're a small town business owner, you probably started your business because you saw an opportunity or a way that you could serve your community, that you could serve people in your town. You took a chance. You started your very own business. And 
it felt so good, right? It felt so empowering to just have something you could call yours. You could set the tone. You could set the hours. You could do what you wanted, right? I mean, those of us in small business know that there are some limitations to that. You're the boss. So at first, it kind of feels like playing. Honestly, maybe that was just me. But like, I felt like I was playing office. I felt like I was playing secretary. I felt like I was playing bookkeeper. And then it didn't take too long for it to really sink in like, oh man, I am wearing all of these hats. I am a business owner who does social media marketing, but that doesn't mean that social media marketing is all I do. I have to do the work for my clients. I have to market for myself. I have to do the bookkeeping all the time. I have to do the invoicing. I have to do filing. I'm a terrible filer, you guys. And pretty soon, all of those things caught up. And I realized I cannot do all of this on my own. That was a very humbling moment for me because I wanted to be the person who knew how to do all of the pieces within my business. And I still am that way to an extent where I want to know exactly how to do the operations that I'm asking others to do when they come on board my team. But for a long time, I held on to that belief that I could do all the things. And then when I finally, you know, came clear that, oh, I do need help here, it really opened up my business to new opportunities and the ability to help even more people because I wasn't in charge of everything. I could get someone else's ideas, get another set of eyeballs on what I was looking at and creating. And that really did open up the business for a whole other level of growth and opportunity. When you are looking at bringing someone on board your team, first of all, it really depends on the industry. So some industries need to bring people in and extra hands and extra eyeballs from the very outset. If you're looking to start a restaurant, if you're looking to open a storefront boutique in a small town, if you are looking to create a new manufacturing facility, chances are you're going to need more than one person to be there for your hours of operation, to cover all of the various areas within those industries that you would need to get your business off the ground to get going. Other industries You can get by as a solopreneur or a freelancer for a while, much like myself when I was doing my digital marketing at the beginning. If you are a graphic designer or an accountant or a digital marketer, but there's a lot of businesses where you can really just be a freelancer running the show by yourself and managing all the things till you get to a certain point. Whenever you feel that pressure that you need an outlet. You need to take some responsibility off your plate. You need someone to help you cover all the hours that are required of you. It's time to bring someone on board. And to be completely transparent and truthful, I have worked through some of these different formats of bringing someone on my team, but other formats I just haven't gotten to yet. So we're going to cover four different ways you can bring someone on board your team. And then I'm going to go into detail and expound a little more in the areas that I am versed in. I will give some information on some of these capacities, but I won't be able to fully speak to all of them because I'm just not there yet. And for those of you who are listening, a lot of small town business owners I know, 
we didn't go into our lives thinking that we were going to own a business. Like myself, I didn't study how to bring someone onto a team. I didn't study how to be a business leader. I didn't study how to, I didn't study business financials or anything like that. I'm just learning as I go through experience. And a lot of people I know are doing that same thing. So I can speak to what I know. I can't speak to what I don't know, but I'll do my best to give you all of the information I feel equipped with. Here we go. First of all, if you are looking to bring someone on board to help you alleviate some stress, the first option you can tackle, or I guess maybe not tackle, the first option for you is to bring in an intern. Just this summer at my full-time job, Molly Knuth Media, we brought in a high school intern. What the intern does is this person, he or she, is a student, whether at a high school or a college or a junior college. And they are looking to gain experience in a particular career field so that they can explore that career and they can get a little insight into what it would be like to really work in this career field for an extended period of time. So internships can last anywhere from a summer to a semester to a year. You are typically working with someone who maybe doesn't have the education level that you need to have a full-time job in your career field but they have the interest and they have the drive to check it out and learn all the things, right? For us at Molly Knuth Media, our intern has been just phenomenal. It has been such a joy to see her interact with the clients in our community, bring her ideas from kids in her age group, and really mesh together this demographic that we didn't have a full understanding of with these clients who are looking to touch base with that demographic and we are just able to serve in a whole other level. So having an intern can really satisfy a lot of need for you beyond just someone to help cover the hours and check off the to-dos on your list. They can give you a different perspective. They can come in with fresh ideas and really allow you to grow in a way you may not have expected. The other parts of internships that you need to consider are that sometimes internships are paid and other times they are unpaid. And sometimes internships give credits to the students who are completing the internship and sometimes they do not get credits through their educational institution. So there are some things to weigh out, to work out. Sometimes you need to be in communication with the school that you are working with. Other times you can just work that out with the person in question who's going to come on board your team. Really, I think there are only benefits to bringing on an intern because you know that it's going to be an educational learning experience for that intern. For you, you are getting someone to come on board and help you with your tasks and your administrative duties, or you can move them up through the ranks of your company as they get older and gain more experience and more education. And you might be able to have somebody that you personally can train and see through the long term as growing into a position in your company. So the internship option is a really great strategy. And what I would recommend is talking to your local high school or a local college if you have one nearby. See if they have anyone in mind. Ask about students who are in leadership positions. Ask about students who are seeming to really excel in the industry or the 
area of education that you need for your specific business. And a lot of times you'll have a guidance counselor or a teacher that you can speak to who can connect you with the right student. Same thing at the college level. Go in, you can talk to their admissions or there is, hmm, there's a specific department that I know, maybe like career services or something. I would just make some phone calls, do a little research, get in touch with, figure out where you need to go to get in touch with somebody who can connect you with that internship experience. And then let me know how it goes. I love to hear success stories or struggles and what worked for your business when you were looking to bring people on board your team. The second option, which I believe is a highly underutilized option in small towns, is a virtual assistant. A lot of times what I see in my area in particular is when a business grows to a certain point, they know they need to bring in additional help. They advertise for a part-time secretary or administrative assistant, and they set up a desk, they set up a computer, there are a certain number of hours, the person has to be in the actual business, and that's fine if that's how your business operates, but a lot of the tasks that I see these people completing are ones that could be done with a virtual assistant, meaning it's a remote worker. The virtual assistant can still complete administrative tasks for you, but they don't necessarily need to be on site to complete these tasks. For instance, if you need someone to help organize digital files, create documents, file invoices, if you need someone who can Get your calendar organized, clean out your inbox, respond to messages and phone calls. That person can accomplish all of those tasks for the most part, either in office or from their home or their preferred place of employment. And if it is a virtual assistant working remotely, that means you are not paying the overhead of a computer, internet, desk space, square footage, office supplies, things like that. When you're looking to grow your team, really strongly think about, does this need to be a person who is physically in my building or in my place of work? Or is this something that I could find someone in town or even further out that could complete these tasks from the comfort of wherever they prefer to work? In that instance, what you could do if you're looking for someone to just check to-dos off and it doesn't necessarily need to be in your place of employment operating from your specific network. And obviously when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about a lot of administrative duties that would be like desk work. So if you have a position like this, what you could do to seek out a person to fulfill these duties and be your virtual assistant are a few options. A, you could go to some of the websites that help virtual assistants connect with people who are looking for their services. There are websites like Upwork.com, Fiverr.com, and that's spelled F-I-V-E-R-R.com. And you can go through, put in the keywords, some of the specifications or skills that you're looking for in an ideal virtual assistant or VA, and it will help you filter through all of your possibilities and help connect you with a few people who would fit your qualifications. That being said, I think first from a small town perspective, the whole reason we're called small-minded right now is because we are thinking about how can we uplift our small towns? How can we 
be a place that is growing and thriving. If you're in a small town operating a business, I would challenge you to think about who are the people that you already know or who you've heard of that are in your community who maybe could use a few extra hours of work a week or a few hours of work a month. And think about those people who aren't necessarily administrative assistants already. Maybe they are part-time administrative assistants at other places, but maybe they're the mom whose kid just started kindergarten and they're looking to get back into the working world. Maybe this is the parent who is co-parenting, but they have their kids part-time. And so the other times where their kids are with the other parent, they need something to occupy themselves. And maybe they would be a good candidate for a virtual assistant. Maybe it's somebody who's retired, but isn't quite ready to live that full-on retired life. Maybe it's that kid who is doing virtual school for their college, they're living at home, and they need a job because they can't go to school right now and we're still in COVID quarantine times and they can't be in a physical workplace all the time. Get creative with how you're thinking about employment. Are there positions where people could work remotely for you, accomplishing some of the tasks and the administrative to-dos that need to get knocked out, but don't necessarily need to be done in your physical workspace? Consider a virtual assistant for those things. And look online if you prefer to have someone who is experienced in the virtual assistant field or think about people in your local area who may be able to satisfy those requirements. The other benefit of working with a virtual assistant is that if you're working with a professional virtual assistant who's been doing this for a long time, in a lot of cases, they have the systems and the processes already in place that they can kind of guide you in this working relationship, especially if you're new to having someone who is working remotely for you. A professional virtual assistant has a lot of the softwares and communication pieces that you would need to get a virtual assistant relationship established, but that doesn't mean it can't be done with somebody who's brand new to virtual assistants either. So this is the part of the podcast where I'm talking to those people who maybe aren't business owners But they're like, they heard me earlier in the episode where I said, still listen if you're looking for creative ways of employment, if you're looking for a few extra hours of work. If this is you, think about maybe starting your own virtual assistant firm or agency. You can freelance, you can set your work hours, you can establish the skills or the trades you work with, you can specify specific industries. You can say, hey, I will do website refreshes, but I will not do your taxes or whatever. If you're a virtual assistant and you're employing yourself, you get to choose which tasks you want to complete and which ones you don't. And then you just be upfront when you're approaching a client or when someone approaches you and say, hey, these are the things that I am good at and that I can do. These are the things that do not fall under my umbrella of work. Get creative yourself if you are looking for creative ways to join the self-employed world. Virtual assistants are really in demand right now, and there's a lot of flexibility in what a virtual assistant is and does. So think about that. All right. The third way you can bring someone on board your team is through an independent contractor. 
This means outsourcing specific parts of your business to other people. And an independent contractor and a virtual assistant, honestly, in my mind, they're interchangeable in some aspects. A lot of my team, for example, are independent contractors slash virtual assistants. (laughs) So when I'm talking about an independent contractor, truthfully, the definition of it is that the independent contractors are brought on to achieve a certain result or complete a certain goal, attain something. But the way they get to that result is really flexible. You are usually paying a stipend or a fee that is like negotiated ahead of time. It's weekly, it's monthly, or by the project. And then the number of hours worked are really flexible depending on that independent contractor. They can work the hours that fit into their schedule. They can use the softwares they prefer. They can use the processes that they prefer. As long as you, the employer, get your end result, it's really flexible on how the independent contractor gets there. A lot of ways that independent contractors are brought into businesses are to complete specific areas or to bolster up specific areas of the business that you don't have the skill or the time to work in anymore. So for example, you can have an independent contractor who does your marketing or specifically your social media marketing or an independent contractor who does your bookkeeping or your accounting or your HR. So you can bring someone in who is an independent contractor. They are their own business. They have their own insurance that they carry, things like that. And then you just pay their set rate for the services that you need from them. In addition, when you have an independent contractor, you can not only hire them to fulfill like regular monthly duties in a specific area of your business, but you could also hire them for a specific project. So maybe you don't want somebody month to month or week to week. Maybe you just need someone for the short term. So my example for this would be, a graphic designer. Maybe you don't need someone to design graphics for you every single month of the year, but you do have a big holiday promotion coming up that you know you want to look really great, professional, and high quality marketing campaign. Maybe you bring in a graphic designer just for the course of a month, two months, or three months, and then you have them only for the duration of that project. So that's another way you can bring in an independent contractor. You can outsource some work, get it off your plate. And really, the way I think about this too is that it is coming out of your budget as the business owner, but you are getting a higher level of work out of that contractor than you could possibly even do yourself because either you don't have the skills or the time to see it through the way a professional in that specific area would. In addition, when you are in a small town and you're employing other people within your small town, whether it's over the long-term or in short-term projects like that graphic design example, you are really supporting other families in your community. By having that graphic designer complete this project for you, you're allowing them to help care for their family or to make that purchase within your small town that then puts tax dollars into your economy locally, and then other great things can happen. It's really a domino effect of good things when you can outsource your work. So you're making things a little easier on yourself, but you're also adding 
other great things into your community. So for a lot of reasons, independent contractors can be a great solution to bringing someone on your team. Now, the last option that you have for bringing someone onto your team and helping you alleviate some of the stresses of doing all the things is to actually have a person or people on a payroll, whether part-time or full-time. And remember earlier in the episode where I said I'm going to go into detail about the things I know and I'm going to mention the things that I don't really know. For full transparency, I don't have a payroll yet for my business. And I'm still like learning all the things that that would entail if I were to set up a payroll. A payroll would mean like a set number of hours for your employees. It would mean benefits. And some of those things at the point that my business is at, I'm just not there yet. And for those of you who are listening, you're probably in a variety of different areas too. Some of you may have people on a payroll already. Some of you are maybe still in that solopreneur phase. A payroll is something I aspire to, and I hope to get there someday because I really want to create a media agency that has a great, solid team. And I know that I have some solid people on my team already. And a payroll just sets you up a little bit differently for a lot of tax and legal purposes. I can't give you too many insights into that because I just don't know it yet. But I'm sure if you guys are listening in and you're like, yes, I want to know more about having full and part-time employees on board my staff, let me know. Send me a DM, send me a PM, send me an email, and I can bring in somebody who can give a little bit more insight into that part of having a team. The last part of today's episode that I want to talk about is not only the ways that you can bring people on board, but the big question that I get from other people who are diving into this moving from solopreneur to having a full-on staff is how did you know that it was time? How did you make that jump from just wanting to be working by yourself to saying, hey, I'm bringing people along with me? And really, I think the answer to that is different for everyone. There's no magic number There's no magic set number of months or years of being in business when it's like, yep, you need to hire. Honestly, I feel like for me, I know it's time to bring people on board when I just have this discomfort and I know that I'm missing things, I'm dropping balls that I shouldn't be dropping, that I am not putting out product and deliverables in a way that I am satisfied with because I'm just stretching myself way too thin. When I get to that point, and I've gotten there a few times in my business so far, when I get to that point of discomfort, I know that I either need to lean harder onto my team or I need to bring in someone who can fulfill a certain role that I see our company needing. For example, on my team, I have a couple of people who are client facing. So they work on a lot of the deliverables for our social media clients. I've got a person who his primary role is doing writing because so much of what we do is writing heavy. And then I've got another person who is helping with the e-course and digital learning content. So everybody has their own little niche and it's growing for each of them month to month. 
the way you choose to grow your team and the way you choose to assign tasks and duties and responsibilities is very much dependent on you as the leader. It's dependent on the work preferences and styles and personality needs of each of the people on your team. And it also depends on your industry. Like we started this episode saying, some industries require you to have a team from the get-go. You cannot have a full-service sit-down restaurant and bar with only one person on staff. You need to have a lot of people there. So that is going to require a lot different of a hiring process and a training process and a work culture establishment than going from a solopreneur to a solopreneur with a part-time staff member. And it's just going to be a lot different. So it depends what your industry is. It depends what your work style is. It depends what your personality is to say that it's time for you to bring someone on board. But I can just say from experience that it generally starts for me with this feeling of discomfort, knowing things could be better if I had more time or better if I had more education in this particular thing. If you are feeling that way regularly, it might be time to look into one of those things we mentioned earlier about growing a team and bringing someone on board your staff. Okay, I hope at some point today you were able to take a little nugget of information, whether you are a business owner or you aspire to be, whether you are someone who is just a small town lover like I am, and you don't see yourself ever owning a business, but maybe you could use a little extra money here and there, and maybe you could start a part-time virtual assistant thing. Great. I hope that I inspired you guys to look a little bit differently about the hiring and the employment processes within your own business or the place that you work at. I really feel that we're in a unique time right now to look at work differently. We have so many different things happening right now in regards to the pandemic and the fallout that's still happening from that. And the working world is just changing. The way we communicate, the way we can check in with each other, everything is different now because things are so digital. And so many new services and opportunities have popped up that can allow us to check in from home, if we have a home office, to the headquarters. And it doesn't always require that in-person physical space that it used to 10, even five years ago. Think about how work could be different in your small town. Think about ways that it could be more efficient, more effective if you bring in an intern, a virtual assistant, an independent contractor, or a payroll employee. And if you have any insights or if you have additional questions, do not hesitate to reach out. We are at Small Minded Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and we love to get listener requests and questions. Thank you so much. Have a great week, and I will be back next week with even more content for small town, small business owners, and the people who love them. Bye-bye, everybody. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would 
be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well lived being small-minded.